0: Now my advice to people who like this kind of service
1: is... It's Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au I
2: really like this new service. It gives you that
0: flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Yeah, and thank you for listening, thank you for downloading episode 143, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, Tell telling more about them shortly, but joining me each and every week here on Two Blokes Talking Tech is the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day,
2: Trevor. Good to be talking to you again, back uh, back in
0: Australia. Back in Australia, and we're both uh, back well, because we both suffered from post-flight flu, basically. It was shocking. It's shocking. And we weren't the only ones. I heard a lot of people that suffered this as well.
2: And It's not, uh, for anyone who is speculating, Trevor and I, neither of us drink. So it (laughs) wasn't that we were partying too hard. We did have a late night or two, but there was no alcohol involved.
0: Yes, and uh, we we also didn't fly home together on the same plane. So uh, it's a pretty weird but uh, not uncommon thing, but we're back now. We're recovered, and we're going to kick the show off talking CES 2014 here on Two Blokes Talking Tech.
1: Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to
0: two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finney. All thanks to Netgear. Netgear.com.au, as I say. Now, um, mate, oh, I mean, th- looking back on CES is always a fun one. Just even, even just a week out like now, but obviously, like like me, you and I spent a bit of time uh, talking on the radio across the week, and it kind of gives you time to reflect as you kind of thrown out the challenge of what was your favourite thing and all that. But I guess. You know, for me, I find, still find interesting to look back and think about those big things like curves and 4K and think while they're huge, I'm not sure they will dominate retail, but they do at least draw attention on technology. And I think that's, for me, the, the big and most important part about the show.
2: I agree, yeah. I think uh, I've had a lot of inquiries, people asking, look, I'm thinking of buying a TV. Do I hang off? When are these new TVs going to come out? Uh, I don't think the curved TVs are going to come out in the first half of this year, uh, just to be clear about that. The new flat TVs, so the, the next generation of your regular smart TVs, will probably hit about April, May. Hmm. But uh, no, I, I think, uh, I agree, the The 4K picture, Ultra HD picture, and more importantly, the content too—the content and how it's going to be delivered—was something that was sort of there was a little bit more solid information in that regard. We're talking uh, hard drives delivered to your home and streaming content. Uh, There's even talk that the from the Blu-ray Disc Association they may have a disc ready by the end of the year to fit a 4K movie on it. So Mm. that's that's encouraging. There's no doubt. I think. The other thing that I took out and, and everyone sort of this seems to be the, the bit that's interested in most people is the wearable side of technology now, mm. all the activity trackers and bracelets and all these things that are that are coming along. Have you found that as well?
0: I, I did, and what I what I try to explain to people was that it wasn't just about the big guys, you know, the focus on Fitbit and Jawbone for, as activity trackers, for example, and the focus on Samsung or Apple launching smartwatches. I think what I found was that. This is no longer going to be just about the big guys, and for better or worse, there's going to be a lot of um, smaller, even no-name brands in the market because people, like retailers specifically, will buy hundreds of of a watch because they can get it for you know a hundred bucks and they can sell it for one fifty, and it does some cool things, but it's not really a Galaxy Gear, it's not really a Apple iWatch or whatever it's going to be called, and and we'll so we'll see a flood of them later in the year because. I was overwhelmed by the number of, of different smart watches that were there of all iterations. And, I mean, we spoke about the Omate, oh and you wrote about it this week. The yep. idea of a, of a watch that does everything, you know, it's, it's going to appeal to a market. Absolutely. And they're going yeah, to sell it. I think – what I liked about CES, and
2: it's my favorite part of the show, is that is that South Hall where a lot of the innovation is seen. There's no there's no uh, prejudice against any company in yep. terms of if you can innovate, it doesn't matter how big or small you are, mm. then your product is going to get attention. So you yep. don't need to be Samsung or LG or Sony or to, to get that attention, and hence the reason why we've written about so many different products. I think you noted during our – like we did a podcast every day there for four days. You noted that – that there wasn't one time where we both were, were f- came across the same product to talk about. That's how diverse the show was. Um, so that, that's sort of a real takeaway for me, that, that you can be anybody. As long as you're thinking and innovating, you can be – it doesn't matter the size of your company, you're going to get attention. And, and as you can look from Tech Guide, I've written about a few of those products as well. Yeah. But one thing um, that wasn't at the show – that, that, that was uh, interesting to me. There weren't as many smartphone innovations. I think there's a couple of companies. I, I know Sony Mobile have got a pretty big ace up their sleeve with on the mobile front. I think a lot of the companies, and Samsung could be included here I'm with the Galaxy S5, mobile World Congress. that they're hanging back to the Mo- Mo- Mobile World Congress in Barcelona next month, hmm. which is the next big trade show all about the mobile, of course. I think that is uh, something I took note of at CES as well, the yeah, lack I'll, of uh, smartphone I'll, announcements.
0: I agree. I think it's funny and I, I hope and I think our listeners do probably, you know, read around a bit and, and and get a bit of a sense of of even disappointment. I've had some people say, "Oh, I hear it was disappointing." You know what? I say uh, up you to the people that think that CS is <laughs> is disappointing because you're missing the point of how a show like that evolves. I had a number of people say, "Oh, but you know, there's no they, they 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 released the VHS there many years ago and all this kind of stuff." Do you know what? That's not going to happen again, right? What's happening now in a world that that with the 24 hour media cycle, with a social media cycle, and with a really important focus on marketing, Apple and Samsung are always going to announce their big things. Outside of a show like that. Yeah, and, and so Sony, like you say, th- these big companies are going to do it that way. CES is a trade show, right? It's where retailers go to buy the technology that they want to stock this year. It also is a place where they get tantalized by technology into the future. And I don't think it disappointed at all in I that totally sense. agree,
2: yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people don't realize the scope of this show and, and the size of the deals that are done at this show. Mm. So when you're walking through your local JB or Harvey Norman or Dick Smith or whatever store you happen to frequent mm. in six to eight months' time, the products you're going to see on the shelves were actually dealt with, were seen for the first time at CES, and the deals were done to get them on that shelf back at CES, not only were there journalists there like us, there were retailers there, there were buyers from all these different companies and of course, the companies themselves. So, uh, you know, it it, it is, and held in January for a reason too because this very start of the year, uh, you can start a new year then with all these new products Uh, and look, I, I for one, I, I was not disappointed. I've been to 10 CESs in a row and I'd say this was probably as good as any of them.
0: Yeah, and I think that's um, hopefully what, what we can offer to people is the, is the idea that you know what? Put some perspective on everything. We're we're, we're talking about cool things, Stephen. you've written on on an almost daily basis, if not multiple times a day, about products you've seen at CES. Even for a and week I'm still after, still going. I've still
2: got a few. I've got to roll out. There's you know, right, that
0: many uh, that I saw. There's so much cool stuff, and but you know what? There's there's a lot of products that we'll never see again. There's a lot of people that might be picked up and, and c- companies bought that we never really know because someone at a big company saw an innovation from a little guy, and you know, all those kind of things happen at a place like that because. There's nowhere else to do it. There's nowhere else you can do that. Yeah, you can list a product on Kickstarter. Yeah, you can get big coverage on big websites. But there's nothing like standing in, in showroom floor conditions, rubbing shoulders with the big wigs of the industry. And I think that's um, absolutely what happens from top to bottom of the, of the show. I guess really quickly, though, I mean, we, we should wrap it up. Your best in show if you had to pick one product?
2: If I had to pick one product to bring home with me from the show, it would have been the 21 by 9, (laughs) uh, 105-inch widescreen LG TV with the 7.2 attached speaker system.
0: Okay. Now, what would you bring home if it wasn't a television? (laughs) Uh,
2: that's a hard one. Uh, well, I wouldn't I'll tell you, mind bringing mother home. Mother, and uh, that's a device, by the <laughs> way, people. not a person. Mother is the product that uh, I've written about a couple of days ago. It is that Wi-Fi device that can track all your activities in your home, from your training to your sleep to how much water you drink, when, to what time people come and go? A real top-down view of your home. I wouldn't mind giving that a try.
0: Well, if the headline, well, let's call the title of this show, Stephen loves mother, Trevor loves Philip, because I would have brought home <laughs> Philip. The, uh, the, the watch yeah, that the I saw tracker. for the kids. And I yeah. just think that it, it actually does so much, uh, yet it still empowers the kids and it could theoretically be almost any age. I liked it. I thought there was something about it that that had real potential, um, w- whether it fills a niche or gap, I don't know yet, but uh, I, d- I don't think it's big brother state. I think it's really cool. So you, you've written about mother at techguide.com.au. I've written about philip at eftm.com.au. Those are the kind of, I like the fact that you and I will find great little things like that and not just talk about the big screen TVs because, you know, it's good to find the little takeouts. So, Absolutely,
2: yeah. And I, and I would have, and the mate, the smartwatch phone, yeah. I, would have, I wouldn't have mind strapping that onto the wrist either.
0: Full Dick Tracy style. I can see Stephen Fennick talking to his wrist <laughs> now. So yes, a lot lot of articles written by both of us on our websites. Uh, Stephen's still churning them out at techguide.com.au. Two
1: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long.
0: And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And you can read about the the Nighthawk product and the, and the Facebook Wi-Fi connection uh, for cafes that uh, Netgear announced and launched uh, at CES 2014. Lots more news coming out of Netgear throughout the year as those products are available in Australia. But the Nighthawk router is available now. It's a $319 product. It is uh, an awesome-looking thing. looks like a stealth fighter jet but uh, offers fantastic coverage in your home for all your wireless AC needs and wireless uh, G and N and everything uh, all the way down, but great future-proofing and also great product inside. And the stuff that's inside this thing that you won't actually know about but you'll benefit from are things like using packet time instead of packet allocation one after the other. It's fu- fundamentally brilliant technology that is bringing to their routers to improve your network connectivity in your home because we have – so many devices in our home and I kind of get a little bit nervous every time I look at my router and have a look at what, um, what number of devices there are actually connected to my network because your Netgear router using the Netgear Genie can actually show you those devices and in my home, it's around 24 normally and uh, those 24 devices would struggle to stay connected if it wasn't for the Netgear router powering them. So check all their products out at netgear.com.au. Now, of course, Stephen Fenwick is one of the most respected people in technology, and he, of course, has Facebook's uh, newest innovations as they happen. Stephen, you've got the Facebook trending topics already in your, uh, in your timeline. I haven't got it rolled out yet, but essentially, Facebook has launched on the right-hand side of your page, underneath the birthdays and, and before the useless ads, um, trending topics uh, to try and give you a sense of what's actually going on in the world. A little bit of an idea that comes probably from Twitter.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It's another another idea that Facebook has enhanced, uh, let's say, <laughs> from Twitter. But uh, no, it, it's uh, it's up top right hand corner. It is actually on my feed at the moment. I can't believe I've got something on Facebook before Trevor Long has. But anyway, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it appears top right hand corner below the birthdays and basically gives you. Uh, I think a little bit. It's a little bit better than trending on Twitter because not only does it gives you give you well, well in this case what they would consider the hashtag, so it's like a little headline, whether it be a name or a subject. It also gives you a little paragraph describing why that is a trending topic? In in this case, I'll read right out on my on my timeline right now. Uh, one of the topics says Barry O'Farrell, and the paragraph says sweeping changes announced to tackle Sydney violence. So that at a glance, uh, that is a good way to know what's happening in your newsfeed, what stories people are sharing, what pages are sharing as well. If you're uh, liking any pages, so I think it's a it's not not it's like a little Google engine
0: up the top there, uh, a little news engine uh, telling you what's going on in the world. I was thinking about this afternoon um, while we, uh, we were debating the topics which we spent many, many hours in preparation <laughs> for the show. But I was reading some stuff today, and this this may digress heavily from the topic, but reading about how Google changes their algorithm a lot so when you search for things you, you might not get the same results because they change the yep. way they categorize things and and there's a thing called guest posts on the internet and and a lot of blogs you know basically allow companies to pay them to put information up and put links in it and I was interested to think about how Google kind of controls the internet okay because we search for things and they serve up results and how that is and, and will continue to change because we kind of live in Facebook or Twitter or other places as our home now, and I think that's where Facebook wants to be. They want to be your home page. They want to be where you search the web, but they want th- what they know to be the source of information. So if you search for and uh, Kings Cross regulations, you'll get a whole stack of Facebook-linked articles so that when you're sent away to the internet, you're being sent from Facebook, and Facebook becomes this new source of, of truth and knowledge. It's interesting.
2: Yeah, No, that's true, and, and, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You did touch on this. For many people, Facebook is their internet. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's their world online. And uh, you're right what you say. Google really controls what you see and when you see it. But uh, having this on your Facebook feed now takes you – doesn't take you away from Facebook, as you said. Keeps you inside Facebook. That's where Facebook want to keep you. They don't yeah. want to send you away from Facebook. Uh, but this is, takes you into a news feed of its own. So if, you were to, if I were to click on Barry O'Farrell, for example, it would take me into another Facebook news feed. Uh, with comments from my f- friends and 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 people that I've that I'm friends with on Facebook, mm. it also then gives you some of the external links as well. But uh, you, it does present it in an, in it's like a specialised news feed as well. And there's obviously like I, I follow ABC, Ten Eyewitness News, and they've got all their versions of the story as well, including video. Uh, and all their other posts, so it is pretty comprehensive. So you, you can see what your your friends are thinking about it, uh, as well as having those actual links to to take you to those
0: news stories. I don't know Facebook prioritises for you your appearances on Ten Eyewitness News. Let's find out in the future. <laughs> I mean, Facebook, how good's your algorithm, people? Anyway, uh, it's one of those things that Facebook will roll out slowly. Clearly slowly to me because I haven't got it yet. Hello, Mark. We know you're listening. Zuck, mate, come on. What's come doing? On. We well, what he doing? We know he listens I, to the show. What have I dropped off the list? Is it because, <laughs> because I talk about Twitter too much? Did I tweet too much? Come Maybe, on. Maybe. I think you might have tipped over to Twitter a bit too much. Oh, mate. I'm going to get back onto Facebook i massive again. on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Facebook gets trending if, you're, uh, if you've got it and you're enjoying it. Let us know. Say day, and you can uh, like us on Facebook as well. You can just go to com. It takes you straight to the Facebook page where you can like us and you'll get the show as a SoundCloud file right in your feed.
2: In the smartphone world, an announcement today that Nokia is uh, releasing yet another smartphone, the 1320. Now, this is another of the family of devices from Nokia hmm. with a 6-inch screen. Now, I've already reviewed the 1520, which let's call the high-end 6-inch device. The 1320 is still pretty impressively specced. Uh, the announcement through Nokia today was the fact that it's going to go on sale in Australia next month going to be sold exclusively uh, through, uh, outright exclusively through Harvey Norman. Mm -hmm. It's also going to be available on a plan through Telstra and Vodafone. But the big story, the biggest part that I took out of this was how affordable this device is, Trev. Mm. $449 if you want to buy it outright through Harvey Norman. That's a pretty good
0: deal. That is a good deal. Um, I think this is such a tough market, isn't it, For, for phones and sizes and I, I think what's interesting here is is the, their ability to kind of tap into a market where people still haven't actually jumped over to the smartphone. There are still people out there, um, and and we shouldn't ignore that fact. I just I just wonder whether it's compelling enough an offer, but it is a good price point to go outright on us a, on on a, on a phone this size, isn't it? Well, you, you you think of uh, and how many people have asked
2: you uh, and me where they say, "Look, I want to get my son or daughter a phone. Cheapest iPhone, seven hundred and thirty nine bucks. What what do I do?" Now, there, there's this this is a good a good example of a of a product that that is, is very impressively spectacular because it's got a six inch high definition screen, dual core. Qualcomm Snapdragon processor, 8 gig internal memory, micro SD card slot, uh, live tiles, Windows Phone 8. Okay, it's running Windows Phone 8, but the Windows Phone 8 now has all your favorite apps, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. EFTM. so you know, I think it's it's uh, this could be the tipping point for Windows Phone 8 to get a bit of more bit more mm-hmm. market share at this lower end because this is this ain't an end where Apple are playing this low hanging fruit uh, Apple's missing out on. We've said it before, this is evidence that Nokia are taking advantage of that fact because they know the cheapest Apple the cheapest iPhone still three hundred dollars more than their six inch. Windows Phone 8 device. So I think, you know, mm. good on Nokia for being aggressive. I think you're going to see their market share increase over time, and it's because of these sort of deals they're going to do it. And,
0: and apps like the EFTM app. I mean, it's a big deal on, on, <laughs> on, right. on, on the Windows Phone store <laughs> and the Windows 8.1 store. You'd you... be ranking by now, wouldn't you? Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I could probably say good day to all the people that downloaded it individually here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's great having your company, but if you have if you have downloaded the EFTM app on Windows Phone or, or Windows 8, I sincerely appreciate your support. Just quickly before we move on to our next topic, but it's it's kind of related. Um, I don't know if you noticed, and I do give this without, without, uh, notice the question, but Motorola G, you know, the Moto G, which has been talked yep. a little bit about in the States, you know, it's available at JB Hi-Fi. JB Hi-Fi, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. So that, a was a of, that was under the radar. $243, right? For a 4.5 inch, screen uh, screened smartphone, which is pretty much direct from Google because Motorola is Google now. Yeah. So it's running, you know, stock standard, um, Android. I think it's a bloody good deal. Uh, dual sim card you know quad core processor i'm thinking that may be the bargain of the of the of the day in if not the month 243 bucks for a, a, an android smartphone
2: it is. It, it's the, one of the best-kept secrets in the industry too because it, it, it kind of snuck out there. Yeah. Uh, it's we, we've been. It's been out in the U.S. for a little while, this device. I think late last year it came out, and we were wondering if and when we were going to get it. And lo and behold, someone's discovered it. Uh, I think it was on the JB Hi-Fi website.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There you go. So if you're looking for a, a cheap smartphone, that's another option for you. But the 6-inch Nokia Lumia 1320 coming uh, next month to Harvey Norman stores.
1: Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talk.
0: With and now the uh, Vodafone four G network, as we know, has has a fair bit of grunt behind it. They've got the twenty megahertz contiguous spectrum in in the capital cities, and that that enables them to run some serious Cat four devices. And they, this week they announced something I had, I, I re- didn't realise they didn't have, which is pocket Wi Fi or dongle devices for your for your laptop. On the four G network, so you can now buy uh, the their pocket Wi Fi, which is one of those little portable hotspots. You know, battery operated. You can connect up to ten devices uh, to it, or you can get a little red four uh, G dongle for your laptop. And they're running three different plans: twenty dollars, thirty dollars, or forty five dollars a month with. 2.5, 4 gig or 8 gig respectively of data. And, you know, you're looking at around between 25 and $50 a month, depending on which device or which plan you go on. And outright, they're 119 and 170 bucks each, you know, a month-to-month plan if you want to go that way. So I, th- I think this is a, uh, kind of a hidden secret deal that's out there for people that want mobile broadband, mate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think Vodafone, uh, as you know, as we all know, their 4G network is quite impressive. Uh, and they're offering you an alternative to, let's just say, Telstra. Yeah. Telstra 4G is kind of where people look first, let's yep. say, uh, and Vodafone's offering comparative performance on the networks uh, but offering at a very decent price, I have yeah. to say. Uh, there, there's uh, You can get the top of the line $50 a month, and you're getting 8 gig of, of data, uh, and you're getting your pocket Wi-Fi or, or 4G, the USB sticks, so that, that's pretty good value, the 4G device... Uh, as you said, it's a Wi-Fi product, so it creates a little hotspot up to 10 devices. That's pretty handy, so you can have your smartphone, your tablet, and your laptop all connected to the same connection. Uh, so, yeah, I think very good value there. But uh, another thing we should take note of, though, Trev, is the fact that Vodafone also uh, announced today that they've also dropped prepaid international call prices. Yeah. So if you're on a prepaid plan and you want to call one of these 12 countries, and they include Bangladesh, Thailand, Lebanon, Indonesia, Egypt, Iraq, Nepal, Saudi Arabia, Sri Lanka, Germany, Turkey, and Jordan, I'm sure there's people out there with relatives that live in those countries. You can do it cheaper now.
0: And the thing about those countries, and it does, I'll admit, and with greatest respect to our listeners who would be calling those areas, it does sound strange as a list of countries, you know, Bangladesh and Lebanon and, and Egypt, but that when you when you consider the population of Australia and, and you know I obviously deal with this in my day job at, at SBS, but the load the language other than english um, speaking community in Australia is huge, and there are so many low cost carriers out there that are on those kind of prepaid you know get them at your news agent style calling card that being in this market is really important and you 've got to remember that Vodafone are really pushing away the uh, what we call the MVNO, the, the virtual networks, which is you know where Kogan was and all those sort of things. So there were a few low-cost carriers in this market, and I think Vodafone's realised that they're kind of disappearing, and they can have a good proposition that offers kind of local stuff and international plans. Very interesting move, and I think they're, they're just trying to find as many niches as they can to jump into.
2: Exactly right. They're giving—that's what I like about it. They're giving more reasons for people to become their customers. Mm.
0: And look, that's uh, that's pretty good. I I should say um, I switched back to Vodafone in December purely for for the need to roam for CES. I was in CES. What was I there for? For eight, nine, ten days. So it cost me fifty bucks, and I I didn't have to carry two phones. I got all my data. It was a great experience. You, to, you could call you on your own number. I could call, I could call locally yeah, could in the States. You could answer calls on your own number my, as well. My friends in Australia could call me. There was no hassle. This is different to, to what they've announced. I'm just talking about their red roaming. Yeah. I had a great experience, I've got to be honest with that, and uh, and I am so glad I did that. But I'm not, I just don't know if it, if it's enough for people to switch, but I think that people who, who are traveling a little bit, that you know, they're just trying to find those niches. That's what they've done. They're, they're picking Absolutely. that niche. Yeah. They're picking the overseas calling niche. Very interesting stuff, and I think um, even though Bill Morrow is leaving to go to MBN, um, they've now purged all, all the customers they were going to purge, and they had a lot of number, number crunching to do to basically get rid of all the fake accounts that existed. You know, people who had a SIM card but weren't really using it. It was just in a top drawer. They've gotten rid of all of those numbers. So at their next kind of AGM, they should be starting to talk about growth in customer numbers. And I think that's where it'll start to get real upside for Vodafone. So interesting times ahead for Vodafone. Um, but you can read more about those plans and different things at uh, both techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to
1: Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
2: Now, I think it'd be fair to say, Trevor, that you and I, we've, uh, we've written about and used many, many different uh, smartphone cases. We've seen it all, Stephen. That's right. Well, there was a case I came across at CES that was certainly had a difference, and the the difference was literally a stunning difference. <laughs> and by that, I'm talking about the yellow jacket case, which for the iPhone 5 and 5s that comes with a stun gun. What? It, it has a stun gun. Detachable taser pack, they call it, that that attaches to the back of the smartphone. So that if you are, you know, one of these people who wants to protect themselves, and I should note right up front here that these are illegal in Australia. You can't <laughs> own a taser, so this is purely for entertainment purposes. This story for my Australian readers that yes. I wrote about, but uh, it is legal in the US and was a very, very popular device. You got a lot of coverage. Uh, made, uh, you know, just the very nature of it. The fact it's a taser on a smartphone uh, case uh, is, is a headline right there. So I don't know whether you saw this in – I think it was at the Venetian. They had their own stand at the Venetian, but uh, very, very popular with the American readers.
0: 149 bucks for a case that can taser people. That okay. will be a hot seller in the U.S. I mean, it's trash Tragic in a sense, Absolutely. but um, I'm kind of glad they're not available to, to buy or bring into this country. But you yeah, know what? and
2: uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I had a few people inquiring when I posted that story yesterday yeah. on Tech Guide. A few people were sending me messages on my Facebook, my Tech Guide Facebook page. Yeah. I want to get it. How do I get it? Can I get it? And I had to break the news to them. I actually had, actually had to add add a line to the story to say that it should be noted that tasers and stun guns are illegal to own or import into Australia. So. <sighs> What I like about it, though, if I can just sort of talk about the product a little bit more, is the uh, ambidextrous trigger.
0: Right.
2: That means that they have thought of everything. on the left and right side of the case, and no matter which hand you're holding it in, no matter how you're holding it, you can still get off that charge if you're uh, – you can still uh, uh, incapacitate that attacker no matter what hand you're holding your, your blue,
0: yellow jacket case. They really did think of everything there. I'm, I'm a bit nervous about coming to the Tech Guide uh, studios for another <laughs> recording now. If I, no, I, I, didn't if get I speak my- ill of Ziggy, you might zap me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I, trust me. I did not tr- try to tempt fate and get <laughs> this
0: Australian through. Australian customs. customs, yes, good idea. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Now, one of the stands I had a good look through at, at CES, um, you know, it, it staggers me, the, the, the quality of some of the stands compared to, you know, the, the lack of quality in others. But some of the stands, and the Garmin stand is one of them, it's just like a fair whole building has been constructed for these things because they have meeting rooms, they have two levels and all this kind of stuff. But one of the products I saw at the Garmin stand was their dash cam, which... Um, this is such a growing market in in Australia and around the world. I mean, they must do great business in in Russia, these things, because so many Russian YouTube videos of amazing (laughs) crashes and things. But, you know, the idea of a dash cam isn't just about getting your video on a current affair. It's, you know, it's about having a record which could help you in the the event of an accident or or an incident that you you do need proof or or even just for for your own um, recollection of incidents. And, you know, what these things do is they're just a little suction cap on the windscreen and, they, and the camera points forward and a little screen points backwards. And they, they not only record constantly, but they also have things in them like triggers so that if they detect a serious motion, i.e., you know, a crash, they will automatically hit record. You can manually record. Very cool little systems. And uh, we expect um, an announcement on pricing and available in Australia very soon, don't you think?
2: Absolutely yeah I think uh, you're right these are growing in popularity and uh, unfortunately we uh, it does come down to a case of you know my word against yours for an accident or on road incident especially of, uh, this is is of appeal to people who spend a lot of time on the road people mm. like couriers and cab drivers and truckies and people like that who are on the road constantly you know their their license is their livelihood this is sort of a, a way to protect themselves against any of those false claims and, and to, just to get their version of events across. And it records things like not only the video, but the internal, the microphone of, of what's said or what's heard inside the car, speed of uh, speed of travel, direction of travel. Uh, so all that information is contained within that video, that, that metadata of the video. So it is quite, it is the definitive record of whatever happens on the road. Two versions coming out in March, the Garmin Cam 10. Uh, that does not have GPS. GPS, the Garmin Dash Camp 20 does have the GPS, and released in March, pricing will come out. Uh, one thing I should note, and th- these devices, while they're quite small... They need to be continually powered. Mm. Uh, the, there is no rechargeable battery because they're so small, there is no rechargeable battery. So you need to have them constantly connected. Unfortunately, the, there's going to be a cable that's going to run down your dashboard or up and around your windscreen. I've seen other brands uh, have a very elaborate clips and plans on how to get the cord out of the yeah. way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's something that should be noted. It doesn't just sit there neatly by itself. There is a power cable involved.
0: I've got a couple of ideas to solve that problem. I might take, might, might kickstart them and uh, – I think put a solar it. panel on it. Hey, it's well, all, that's my idea, champion. It, yeah. I've told you that before, and you're stealing no, you my ideas, You Stephen. haven't. We great minds think alike, no, but it's, it's, on, it's, it's sitting in a perfect position for a solar panel. It is. Mate, I'm telling you, and I'm happy to share it here, I've said a million times, but – The suction cup that goes on the window should have the solar panel built into it because it's constantly on the window. Yeah. But anyway,
2: they're not listening. Garmin, I think they're our listeners, aren't they? Garmin, are you listening? Or Navman, one of the companies who produce a dash
0: cam? Anyway, two blokes talking tech.
2: Well, Commonwealth Bank, uh, we did hear about their contactless payment uh, updates for their app, and also there was a story uh, a few months ago, a couple of months ago that I wrote about too, about the uh, partnership with Samsung and the Galaxy S4, which has uh, NFC built in, contactless payments, partnership with MasterCard, PayPass, basically your smartphone is your wallet. So rather than having to pull out the plastic, do the pay pay pass, you can actually use your smartphone. The, well, the latest news is the fact that the iPhone uh, app has been updated and there is now a uh, pay tag sticker because uh, iPhone does not have NFC built in. Uh, there is a pay tag sticker that it can be stuck on the back of your phone or on the back of your cover to enable contactless payments yep. using your MasterCard account uh, through your Commonwealth Bank uh, account as well. On the
0: iPhone. And let me tell you a couple of things about this. I was speaking to Bowen, who who writes some of the car stuff on EFTM. He got one of these today, and he's got one of those Mophie juice packs, which is a big battery on the back of your iPhone and covers up everything. He put the sticker on the phone, and then inside the pack, it still works with a tap-and-go at, at all the stores. But here's the, here's the revolutionary thing about this, which really gets underplayed in terms of the technology. The card... Um, the the back end. So what happens at the bank end when you tap is it works out which card you want to use. So if you've got three accounts at the Commonwealth, let's say you've got your savings account, like a checking account, if you want to call it that, and then a credit card, and you've got a, a card physically with each of them in the app. On your iPhone, you know, you're at the petrol pump, you fill up and you go, I'm going to use my credit card for this one. In the app, you choose credit card. And then when you walk in and tap it, it pays with the credit card. You drive 10, 10 minutes up the road to go to KFC to buy dinner for, the, for, for tonight. You go into the app and you say, I'm going to use my savings account for that. When you tap and go there, it uses the savings account on just the one sticker. It's genius.
2: It is. Pure and genius. I
0: mean, think of the amount of plastic
2: we, get, we carry around currently. Well, this can replace all that. And you're not going to forget your smartphone. You're going to always remember that. You'll probably remember your smartphone ahead of your wallet. So this is a good good news that you can actually access all those accounts, change which payment method you'd rather use, right there and now iphone users can enjoy that type of service too you never know maybe the next iphone may have nfc might not but that until won't. then the pay tag sticker as uh is uh, sh- shown by your mate bowen how well it works uh, that is an alternative that you can use right now
0: and just finally um the the um idea around this is if, if i saw this and i want to change banks and then I realised PayTag is actually a Mastercard innovation, so this will slowly come to other banks. It's just the Commonwealth Bank are such and you have innovators. You pay for it too, by the way. Trevor. Yeah, a couple of bucks. A couple of bucks for the Two ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, I and you I'd can order it through companies. the app. Funny enough, the Commonwealth Bank app. You are listening to two blokes talking tech. And that's a wrap for episode 143. We covered enough good products that Stephen doesn't need to do minute reviews. He's going to be back on deck with minute reviews as of next week. You can find Stephen each and every day, except Sundays, of course. I mean, who works Sundays? Please. What are we saying? <laughs> uh, at techguide.com.eon on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And uh, I'm at Trevor Long. Stephen, episode 144 next week. Uh, hopefully, I don't get tasered. No, if if you come to the Tech Guide
2: studio, uh, I promise you, Trevor, you will not get tasered. Like I said, uh, I tried to bring
0: it in, but they wouldn't let me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes
1: Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick.